You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hello, welcome, and once again to our Be Humane on Pet Life Radio, our weekly show. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansard, and I'm so glad you could join us once again today. You know, it's been a thrill of mine to do this radio show and really a dream come true to visit with you every week about hot topics and issues in the space of animal welfare. And I really can't thank you all enough for supporting this show like you have. Well, another dream come true for me this week is the publication of my very first book called Animal Stars, Behind the Scenes with Your Favorite Animal Actors, which is out this week and published by my wonderful friends at the New World Library. The book is in bookstores everywhere starting this Thursday, September 18th. And to commemorate the launch of the book, Today's show is dedicated to animal stars. You got it. These wonderful, beloved animals that we see in film and entertainment. Our first guest is the husband and wife founders of the Angel Animals Network and my proud co-authors of Animal Stars, Alan and Linda Anderson. The book spotlights many different trainers of Hollywood's animal actors, and we'll be speaking with Christina Potter, whose Golden Retrievers starred in the Paul Rudd film Our Idiot Brother. Christina and her dog Hudson will be hitting the road with me on my nationwide Animal Stars book tour starting October 1. In fact, you can learn more about our book tour by visiting animalstarsbook.com for tour dates and more information about the book. But before we turn our attention to Animal Stars, I just want to mention that we love commemorative months around here at American Humane. You remember that June is Adopt-A-Cat Month, and that's when the Gansert household opened up our hearts and our homes to Rosebud, our brand new kitty. And coming up in October is when we turn to our canine friends with Adopt-A-Dog Month. But September is dedicated to something equally important. All month long in the month of September, we recognize this as National Preparedness Month, which is when Emergency Services Community seeks to educate Americans about the importance of having their families and their homes prepared in case disaster strikes. Here at American Humane Association, we work hard to make sure our friends in the animal kingdom aren't left out. You know about our Red Star Rescue Team, which for nearly 100 years has helped to rescue and shelter animals caught up in some of the worst crises and disasters. You know, some of the disasters like Hurricane Katrina, Superstorm Sandy, the Mount St. Helens eruption, September 11th, and so many more. We are so very proud of the thousands of animals we've helped over the years. But one thing we are perhaps even more proud of is the number of animals we didn't need to rescue because the pet owners were prepared for Mother Nature's Furry. That's why during National Preparedness Month, we've sought to educate the public on the importance of having a plan for pets before during and after a disaster, such as a hurricane, a tornado, a flood, a wildfire, or even a blizzard. You know, September is the height of hurricane season, and our hearts go out to those in Mexico who were impacted by the devastating Category 3 storm earlier this week. A storm of this magnitude could easily strike the eastern seaboard of the U.S. at any time, or the Gulf Coast which is why we must all be prepared, and we must all be prepared and think ahead for our animal friends, our animal family members. Here are just a few important tips to keep in mind for when disaster may be looming. 
First and foremost, never leave your animals behind. Know a safe place where your pets can go if you need to evacuate or seek shelter. Evacuation destinations may include a friend, a family member's home, a pet-friendly hotel, or even temporary housing for your pets at a boarding facility. Plan multiple routes to your safe destination. Always keep your pet's vaccinations up to date and keep those records with you. Be sure that all ID tags are properly affixed to your pet's collar and that they have your current contact information, including your cell numbers. Be sure to update your microchip registrations and your pet licensing information to ensure it's correct and consider including the name and contact information of an out-of-area contact just in case you were unreachable in a disaster zone. And this is so important. We must all, if we have animals in our families, prepare a pet emergency kit, complete with leashes, collars, extra ID tags, water, food, medications, sanitation materials like litter in a litter box, health and immunization records, and photos to prove ownership. Please remember to keep a minimum of three days supplies, and ideally, you should have seven to ten days of supplies on hand. And remember, get the food, but also don't forget the water. Have portable carriers large enough for your pets to stand up and turn around in, ready to go at a moment's notice. And practice, practice loading your cats and dogs and pet carriers before you have to. Be sure to prepare a first aid kit for your pets including your veterinarian's contact information and an authorization to treat your pets. And remember, remember never leave children or pets in vehicles. Don't leave pets tethered or crated without you right there with them. You know, in disaster season, it's all about uncertainty. It's all about a possible change in our environment. And that uncertainty and that change when disasters strike our communities really impacts our animals, presents new stresses, new dangers. And frankly, we know for those of us that have been through disasters with our animals that the pets, our pets' behaviors may change. They may become more aggressive. They may become self-protective. They may be quite shy. Be sensitive to these changes and keep more room between them, other animals, children, and strangers. You know, animals need comforting. We know that. All of our pet owners listening today know that animals need comforting too. Comfort your pet with kind words and lots of pats or hugs. And if possible, provide a safe and a quiet environment, even if it's not their own home. You know, if we take these precautions, we should be ready for anything that comes our way. So please heed advice so that you and your pets are prepared this month and every month. Whenever a certain disaster threatens a certain area, like a hurricane or a tornado, you know, American Humane Association posts tips for helping pets with dealing with these specific disasters. So be sure to check out our website, AmericanHumane.org, and our Facebook and Twitter pages for the very latest. We want you and your pets to always be safe. Well, when we return, we'll feature a dynamic husband and wife riding duo who have plenty of stories to share about writing the book Animal Stars. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back right after these messages. Stay tuned. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. 
you'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to AudibleDeals.com. That's AudibleDeals.com. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back. This week we're happy to announce that the new book, Animal Stars, behind the scenes with your favorite animal actors, is in bookstores everywhere. But you know, I have to tell you, I have so enjoyed this process because of our guest today. Alan and Linda Anderson are the co-authors of this incredible series of popular books that I have loved for years. They are co-founders of the Angel Animals Network. And if you've read their Angel Animals book series, I know that you have loved the Andersons as much as I have loved the Andersons. And it's been such a real pleasure to work with them on this special project, Animal Stars. And I'm thrilled to have them join us for today's episode from their home in Minneapolis. My wonderful friends, Alan and Linda Anderson. How are you guys doing today? Oh, we're great. Oh, it's fantastic. Wonderful. Well, this is a celebration week. The book is finally out in bookstores everywhere, and we just couldn't be prouder here at American Humane Association. How are you both celebrating? <laughs> well, we're celebrating by going to the Hero Dog Awards for one <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yes. And that's coming up right away, the American Humane Association's fourth annual Hero Dog Awards. And for our listeners, we're going to be having the official Animal Stars launch party at Fox Movie Studios the night before the Hero Dog Awards, where Linda and Alan will be joining me and the wonderful Animal Stars featured in this book for a special celebration of their stories, of what has their experiences been like behind the scenes working in Hollywood. Linda and Alan, it's going to be a great weekend, isn't it? It really is. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing the animals, too, because quite a few of the trainers are bringing the animals with them. I I told uh, someone that I think it's going to be a little like Noah's Ark there. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly right. I think it will be like Noah's Ark, and uh, I think some of these animals actually starred in one of those Noah's Ark movies, so I think that's good, too. Well, you know, this book is just chock full of great stories behind the scenes with these animals and their trainers who bring those amazing roles to life. I know you both have some interesting stories to tell from your time doing research for this book. Can you share with us some of your favorite stories? Well, one of my favorite stories was to meet a real cowboy. <laughs> His horse finder, who was uh, the war, started War Horse, Spielberg's uh, movie that was very popular. When, I, when we went to visit him, it was like going to a museum. His room was filled when we interviewed and talked with him and his wife about their work and the 
and the the horses that they basically train and help uh, in, in many ways become movie stars like Finder did. We were just amazed on how many stories and how much uh, love and care they, they took with the work they did. They were just real, honest-to-goodness, wonderful people, and they happened to be doing the work they loved to do, especially uh, Bobby with, with his relationship with Finder. It was such a one-on-one, almost equal <laughs> type of relationship <laughs> because Finder, the horse, was so completely in charge and, you know, was basically... You know, I'm, uh, you know, really a massively, beautifully muscular horse and I could do anything and had a sort of an attitude like, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to do it with my own special, my own special swing. (laughs) And boy, does Finder have his own special swing. There's something so beautiful about that horse and seeing them interact. Bobby Lovegren, his trainer and Finder, it was kind of magical, wasn't it? It really was. It was just, uh, it was interesting because when we spoke with Bobby over the phone, oh, I don't know, maybe we spoke with him about four or five times prior to going out to visit on his ranch. And um, he would talk about Finder and you just couldn't quite imagine what he was talking about because he kept talking about Finder's attitude. (laughs) (laughs) And then when we uh, we went out to the ranch and he brought Finder out, I mean, this horse, I've never seen anything like it, really. Uh, He doesn't just walk. He swaggers. That's about the best word I can think of. Wow. He has so much confidence and and he and Bobby have such a trusting uh, and loving relationship. It was, just, it was just wonderful to see. And Finder liked us. When we went out in the middle of the area where it was fenced off, he came over to us and got his picture made with us. And I think he especially liked Linda, if you look at the picture closely. <laughs> <laughs> so he likes the ladies. <laughs> he, did. he had his snout over my shoulder and Bobby goes, Finder. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh, my goodness. Well, I think I recall Finder is described as a director's dream actor. What do you mean by that dream actor? Well, you know, one of the things that Bobby kept stressing is that Finder is so expressive. And he said he's just never seen a horse that, you know, he would put him in these situations where, you know, for for lack of a better word to describe it, Finder would have to act just like any human actor would be acting. Or he would have to show the emotion of the moment. And this horse could do that. In his eyes, you could see that he was he was in it. And yet he was acting because it wasn't like... Um, you know, if he was showing that he was scared, it wasn't that he was really scared because he wasn't in any kind of dangerous situation, but he just knew how to act on cue. It was really amazing. When we watched the movie War Horse, way before we got involved with this project, we noticed that in, in many of the audience members, we could, help, we could hear with people whispering to each other, look at that horse. What a presence. <laughs> I mean, you know, he looks like he's right enmeshed in that particular scene that they were filming, and he was, because he was truly acting in our minds. That's incredible. I know what a beautiful, beautiful horse. And uh, it's one of my favorite movies, too, War Horse. Just the uh, the scenes with those horses, just uh, they're just uh, powerful, absolutely beautiful filmmaking. And the way that, that Mr. Spielberg does it is just uh, is magical. And he takes that relationship with Joey and Top Thorn and brings them to life in a way that uh, no other person could. And uh, I love that uh, Mr. Spielberg shared some of his thoughts in the book, didn't he? Yes, that was really exceptional because to hear Bobby talk about it was one thing, but then when Mr. Spielberg 
sent in uh, his story about what it was like to work with Bobby and Finder. He not only verified everything that Bobby said, and but he went even further to talk about how impressed he was with the relationship uh, that those two have. Amazing. Just gives me the goosebumps. I just love that. I love it all. Well, you know, one of my favorite animal stars has always been Crystal. Crystal, the beloved capuchin monkey. And, you know, I know that uh, so many of our listeners recognize her from, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean series, Hangover Part 2, The Night at the Museum. I mean, Crystal has an incredible resume as an animal star. Can you share with us a little bit about your experiencing traveling to Southern California to meet this animal star who's an A-lister? Isn't she an (laughs) A-lister? She is. And, um, but she doesn't really act much like a diva. She <laughs> was very solicitous about her family members there. Tom Gunderson and his wife, Stacy, and their two children uh, were all there to meet us when we went out to their place. And uh, it was just interesting as we were watching Crystal interact with them. She's lived with them for 17 years, and she is wow. definitely a member of the family. And so she was almost all the time we were there, she was constantly grooming either one of the children or Tom. And uh, Tom says, you know, they'll never have life in their hair. (laughs) 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 Oh, I love it. That'll happen. (laughs) (laughs) How much fun can you imagine being a child growing up with the capuchin? (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you can just picture this, so we're we're there and Crystal is grooming everybody and they're right after we're going to leave, they're saying, oh, well, Tom's got to get to the airport because they're bringing home a, what was that, a giraffe? Something, a small baby. A baby giraffe. (laughs) And they had the, they had the, in the, uh, between their kitchen and dining room, they had this big, uh, like, playpen all set up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this baby giraffe, and we were saying to Tom and Stacy, "What is it like for these kids growing up in this household?" <laughs> I mean, how many kids can go to school and say, "Oh, well, my dad went to the airport and picked up a baby giraffe." <laughs> Or even better, the giraffe ate my homework. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I said to Stacy, I said, boy, what your kids can bring to show and tell. <laughs> I love that. I love I, that. Uh, I wanted to take some photos, and I said, well, you know, I like to take some photos. And I think Crystal understood the oh, hi idea of camera. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, photos. I got to get <laughs> This is about me. <laughs> she went over and jumped oh, over the shoulder. And I was, it was perfect. I mean, it was inside, and, and I was worried about the lighting, but I didn't care. It was just too perfect. And she got on the shoulder, and she actually started posing certain poses as she got her on her shoulder and put her little elbow on her head and stuck her tongue out and did different things. It was just so cute. But it's amazing how quickly she gets into, oh, it's time to, for me to be in front of the camera type of mode. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I have, of course, utter, utmost in my mind, Tom is feeding her flavored yogurt, her favorite treat. So upmost in my mind is the fact that she gave you a yogurt shampoo when she sat on your head. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. I went to the set when she was starring in We Bought a Zoo. 
And, of course, there's some wonderful human actors in We Bought a Zoo. But we were all there for the animal stars in 2011. And I know she crawled, I remember her fondly, crawling on my shoulder and my face. And then, of course, taking the yogurt and really having a wonderful time on top of all of my hair. <laughs> so it was definitely a lot of fun. I think Crystal had a ball. And um, I tell you, I had a ball, too. And those photos I never thought would see the light of day. And now, of course, they're prominently <laughs> now, they're <in> the <laughs> now they're in the book. So, you know, for all of America to chuckle at me because I'm getting a yogurt shampoo with Crystal. But what a great animal star. And really, oh, that um, picture is so affectionate, too. She really was trying to give you a little kiss. I noticed that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Crystal is something. And she's going to be on some of our book tour stops. I know it in your hometown as well, in the Twin Cities on November 8th at Barnes & Noble. We'll have Crystal there with us as we're uh, celebrating our Animal Stars book tour and boy what a delight and what a treat to get her on this book tour with us along with Hudson who will be talking to Hudson's mom Christina in just a few minutes in our show but one thing about Crystal that I think brings it so close to home is this relationship that these animal stars have with their human actors. And what I was so touched by was seeing when Robin Williams tweeted out right before his passing that he was so happy to spend his birthday, his last birthday on earth, with his favorite leading lady, Crystal. And that photo of them are smiling, Crystal smiling and Robin Williams smiling, such great joy. I just know that these animal stars bring so much joy to their human co-stars. And to see that lovely light moment just made my heart sing when I thought about Crystal and I thought about the joy Robin Williams has brought all of us. Absolutely. When you meet Crystal, you can definitely understand how he would have been so enchanted by her. She's just so interesting. She's such a personality. And it was really fun to meet her best friend. You know, she had a little capuchin monkey uh, there as well that uh, she plays with all the time. And they were just having a blast, those two. Oh, boy, those little monkeys. <laughs> you got to love it. Yeah, his name is Squirt. I just remembered it. Squirt. <laughs> Squirt. Squirt and Crystal. I love it. And I know when she's uh, she's at home, she's focused on, on making her human family as happy as her co-stars with the Gundersons. And what a great story about the baby giraffe coming home as well. So those kids, uh, they definitely have the show and tell, Alan, as you said. <laughs> Well, you know, as a note to our listeners, tune, I'll be appearing with Crystal and a few other delightful animal stars on Fox and Friends on the morning of Thursday, September 25th. As we kick off the celebration of animal stars, I hope you'll tune in and you'll get to see and enjoy Crystal as much as we do. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Linda and Alan, if you could share with our listeners a little bit about your Angel Animals Network and what that is and, uh, and how people can learn more about it. Well, you know, we, start, we actually started Angel Animals in 1996. Our uh, children were grown, we were empty nesters, and we were saying, you know, we're really filling up this nest with pets. <laughs> and we're getting so much joy from the interactions of the pets with each other and with us. And we were constantly telling our friends stories about things that they were doing, and we just felt like they were... They were bringing such a wealth of uh, emotional and spiritual richness to our lives. And as we were walking around the lake with our dog, we, we were thinking and talking about what we were going to be doing, you know, in the next part of our lives. And one of the things that we said we wanted to do was 
before we left this world, we wanted to be sure that we had done our part to bring as much love into the world as we possibly could. And that might sound a little corny to people, but we really meant it. We thought, these animals are bringing so much love into our lives. And so when we got home from that walk, we Alan got on the Internet. It wasn't, you know, like it is now, but we got on the Internet and we made up some posters and we put up signs around town and we said, and we just asked a really simple question, are you learning spiritual lessons from animals? So Alan posted on different chat groups, and then we posted it around town at coffee shops and different places. And within just like maybe 30 to 60 days, we had hundreds of stories from all over the world from people who it was like they were just waiting for somebody to ask that question. And they had story after story of the love and the joy and the gratitude and the creativity and all these things that we think of as spiritual virtues in people. They were experiencing them in animals. And we said, these are angel animals. These are messengers that tell us and everyone that there is love in the world and that you can experience this kind of joy and love with a relationship with an animal. And that that's basically how we got started. We started collecting these stories, made them into a newsletter, and eventually wrote our first book, which was also called Angel Animals. Wow. <laughs> and, you know, and it comes out of the spiritual messaging that we're getting from animals and on how to have a world full of love and compassion. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Can you tell us a little bit about how folks can learn more about Angel Animals Network? Well, we, we, there's a website, angelanimals.net, that they can visit. We also have mm-hmm. a free weekly newsletter. Our original newsletter was printed and was subscriber-based uh, around the world. We had a really nice, uh, even had an office in London because there's so many people in England that were subscribing to it. Right now, we have an online weekly newsletter, and it's, each week is a new story about how people through the relationship and through the love of their animals have learned maybe courage and unconditional love and joy and how to basically live life to the fullest because of those animals. And those stories are very uplifting. I know people have written us and told us repeatedly they read a story to their children at night, either from a book or from the newsletter, because it makes them feel better when it comes to going to sleep and doing all the things that kids have worries with every day. But yeah, our angelbalance.net and just uh, go there and you can subscribe to the newsletter and of course submit your own stories. We'd love to share them with others. That's beautiful. Well, I know I've given many a copy of your angel horses and angel cats books to friends who have lost animals, uh, who have passed, and uh, it just brings a lot of uh, healing to people's hearts too, and is to see those stories and to, to be inspired. It's beautiful. So Congratulations on all the the work you've done and that dream, that vision you had in 1996. Look at it today. It's remarkable, isn't it? How many people you've touched. 17 books later. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) And now we're to Animal Stars, which I love. I love. For our listeners, if you want to learn more about Angel Animals Network, make sure you visit Linda and Alan's site, post your stories, get engaged, and be inspired every week as I am by these two brilliant, brilliant people who love animals and uh, really are on this journey to make the world a better place, to make the world more humane which is why we all tune in every week. You know, Linda and Alan, you've certainly put so many wonderful books out there, beautiful books. I think we're ready to do Animal Stars Part 2, don't you? 
<laughs> well, you seem to be meeting animal stars all over the place, so I guess we must be doing that. <laughs> I've got a few more that have auditioned for the next book, by the way, who want to make sure that they're featured on the cover, you know, because they definitely want to be the cover animal. In fact, speaking of the cover, tell us a little bit about who's featured on the cover of Animal Stars. Well, it's somebody that women just, you know, they don't really like him very well. <laughs> like every every one of my girlfriends I've shown this book to, and they go, "With your gear on the cover, holding a puppy, <laughs> holding a puppy, you've got to be kidding me." And not just any puppy, we might add. <laughs> right. right. So this is when he was uh, on the set of Hachi, one of our very favorite movies, Hachi, A Dog's Tale. And uh, he's holding uh, one of the puppies that was uh, part of the movie. And, oh, it's just the cutest. So you just can't pass it up. I can't wait to go to a bookstore and see a stack of these books and just watch people try to go past them without looking. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're so fortunate. The cover of Animal Stars does feature the incredibly inspirational Richard Gere, who himself has devoted so many of his life's works to making the world a better place, too. And we have him on the cover with the beautiful puppy from Hachi. And uh, Hachi, of course, is Chico, featured in the book. Some great stories there with him and, and his animal trainer. So lots of good, good stories there. Well, Linda, now it's been such a joy to visit with you today, such a joy to be part of this project with you. I want to thank you so much for all the hard work and long hours you put into making this book a huge success, but also really uh, sharing such inspiration for for so many years with uh, all animal lovers around the world. You've been wonderful partners and uh, inspirational to all of us at American Humane and truly a joy to work with. So thank you for all you do. Oh, well, thank you. We feel like this was, this was a beautiful partnership because we're so in tune with each other's values and what we think are important in life. It's been very special and continues to be. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And for our listeners, you've heard some behind-the-scenes tales of making of Animal Stars, but we're going to pull the curtain back even further with my next guest, who is a trainer of several beloved Hollywood animal actors. Don't go anywhere. This is Dr. Robin Gansert on Be Humane. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. 
Hi, this is T.O.D. Anderson, and I'm the host of Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. We're going to talk about a variety of topics on canine behavior and training, all based on modern methods that are fun for you and your dog. We might be talking about other critters, too. So join us on Get Positive Results. We'll talk about common issues between you and your dog, answer your questions, discuss different activities you can do with your dog, and keep you posted on current canine news and products. All this on Get Positive Results on Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in today to Be Humane with Dr. Robin Ganser. Today's show is dedicated to the beloved animal stars in our lives, those furry actors who make movies and television shows so real and so powerful. As I mentioned a bit earlier in the show, as part of the promotion for my new book, Animal Stars, I'm going to be hitting the road this fall to visit bookstores across our great country. But I won't be doing it alone. At each stop, I'll be joined by a very special animal star and their trainer. And my next guest today is one of those very special trainers. Christina Potter works with all-star animals and animals for advertising agencies in New York. And she's been an animal actor trainer since 2000. She was the animal trainer for the film Our Idiot Brother, which featured her golden retrievers Gable, Kelly, and Hudson. She's the author of a wonderful novel about life as an animal actor called Chester Gigolo, Diary of a Dog Star. I love that. I'm so (laughs) pleased to welcome Christina to the show. Hi, Christina. How are you? I'm fine, Robin. Thank you for having me here. I'm very pleased to be here. Oh, we're thrilled to have you. I understand you're getting ready to head down to the Dominican Republic for work. What are you doing I, down there? I am. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm just going to be there for three days as a court interpreter, and I will be there Tuesday through Thursday. It'll be a short trip, and I will be happy to get back to my dogs. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I also understand you have one of your dogs doing a shoot in London right now. Can you share with our listeners what that's all about? Well, he's not going to be in London. He, it's with a London crew, and mm-hmm. it is a Muppet short film. And it's uh, my dog, Chester, who is a Burger Picard. And he, if you're familiar with the breed, they look like Muppets. It's a French herding dog, mm-hmm. and they're very furry. They're sort of like a German shepherd if you put hair extensions on it. And he's <laughs> going to be filming this Muppet short, and we're really excited about it. He's actually going to be starring with Kermit. <gasps> wow, a guest spot with Kermit the Frog. How cool is that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Christina, today we're dedicating our entire show to talking about our favorite animal stars. And you're certainly no stranger to helping bring some of these beloved animal stars to the screen, really delighting audiences everywhere. Can you tell us a little bit about what Gable, Kelly, and Hudson have collaborated with, particularly our idiot brother, one of the funniest movies? Oh, it was a fantastic shoot. Everyone from the director, craft services, the actors, everybody was fantastic. They were all clearly animal lovers. My dogs enjoyed every minute. And I do have to say that when my dogs go to work, they don't see it as work. They see it as socializing, as being with people, as getting praise, as getting treats. So they're really looking forward 
every time they see the treat bag and they see the, as it were, work bag, they are always very excited to go. But we have done three feature films. Uh, we also did Funny Games, and we also did As Good as Dead. Each of them were different, but each of them were lots of fun. They've also done TV shows, Saturday Night Live. They did Live Hudson, as a matter of fact, the one that's coming on tour with us, was the cold opening act for Saturday Night Live last year. Wow. And that was very exciting. Yes, he was the first and only dog to have ever spoken live during the cold open. So that was exciting. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> That's wonderful. Well, I've met Hudson at Book Expo, and I tell you, Hudson's just gorgeous. And I'm sure that he's just delighted audiences in so many of his movies. Can you tell us a little bit about how your dogs have different dispositions that lend them to certain scenes and how you kind of divvy up those duties between the dogs when you're on set? Yes, sure. You know, each dog has their strengths like a person. Um, Hudson is very outgoing, very quick to act, to do his scene, whatever has to be done. Then we have Chester, the one doing the Muppet movie. He is more, almost like the more serious man. He's a very good worker. He's very honest. He gives his all every time. But he's more, he thinks about what he's going to do. I say sit, and he will, he will sit, but he'll think about the consequences of everything, whereas Hudson's more a devil may care, I just love the world, let me just go out and play and be happy. <laughs> um, and then my two Chinese crests have also done things, and they are more of a just hold me and love me, and that's all I want. They don't even oh. need the treats. They just need the love. <laughs> oh, how sweet. And the treats are just the bonus <laughs> on top of all the those The treats hugs. are the bonus on top. And sometimes <laughs> they don't even look for the treats. They look for the good girl, good boy. And you see that tail start wagging and that, you know, mouth open into a smile. And it's rewarding because I think it's always better for a dog to be out doing something, interacting, than to just be sitting in my living room laying around. I think oh, that's I, a little boring for them. That's wonderful. Well, I have to tell you what really struck my heart was Gable, named for the legendary human actor Clark Gable. Yes. What a special dog. And I know, sadly, he passed away after the filming of Our Idiot Brother. Can you talk a little bit about what Gable meant to you? Gable was, and to this day, my eyes feel with, filled with tears because Gable was not my first dog. He was not even my first golden retriever, but he is the dog that introduced me to so many things. He introduced me to the work of a therapy dog. We started as a therapy dog. He introduced me to the work of media and movie and acting. He was my first agility dog and we competed in AKC agility events. Mm -hmm. He was just a happy, a true gentleman of dogs, as one of my friends put it. She said he was just a gentleman. He loved children. He loved animals. He just loved everything. He sadly, as you mentioned, did pass after filming Our Idiot Brother. He was 10 years old, but mm -hmm. he started acting a little lethargic and I took him to the vet and the vet said there was nothing wrong. Unfortunately, he had what is kind of known as a silent killer, especially in Golden Retrievers, which is hemangiosarcoma. <gasps> and it's oh. a, yes, in his case, it was cancer of the spleen. Mm -hmm. And sadly, from the day we finally got it diagnosed to the day he passed was five days. So while I think it's better, he didn't suffer. We did because it was such a sudden loss for us. And thank goodness we had his son, Hudson, who has, they're obviously different in personality, but still has the kind, gentle soul that Gable did. 
That's beautiful. And I, and I yeah. can tell you, Hudson is that kind, gentle soul and must be just like like his daddy. Wow. Yeah. But you know what a wonderful, lasting legacy and tribute to him to see him on screen when you watch My Idiot Brother, when you see him and his movies, just really amazing. I know you just love watching those just to see him again. We absolutely do. And as a matter of fact, we went to a screening in Boston six months after he passed, the six months after the movie was made, but before it was released. And the director, Jesse Perez, said to me, I know this is going to be difficult for you, but this is a beautiful tribute to your dog. And I thought that was that was so touching that he understood what it meant to us. And it really was because during the movie, he was happy. He was he seemed healthy. He was fine. So it allowed us to kind of have closure with the memory of his death and understand that he was happy to the last moment. That's wonderful. A happy, happy, and beautiful, beautiful dog. Well, you know, on this show, we've spoken with some of our American Humane Association certified animal safety representatives who work with trainers like you on productions to ensure the safety of the animal actors. As a trainer, can you talk a little bit about what it's like to have these reps on set? It is fantastic. They are always there. They definitely, their first concern is the animal. Mm-hmm. And they are constantly with you. And it's a great source of support for the trainer as well, because I think sometimes directors and actors can get caught up in the moment and the fact that they are on a schedule, they are on a budget, and they might not understand the needs of, in my case, my dog, or if he's tired or whatever. But luckily, when you have a safety rep with you, they seem to, because the safety rep is always there to support you, when they understand my dog needs a break, my dog needs to go out, the safety rep is always there to support you. And it gives the director more awareness that you're not just saying it for no reason, that in fact, this dog needs a break. And I actually had one of the safety reps on one of the movies. The director said, we don't have time. And the safety rep very nicely explained that we had to make the time. And the dog was given the break he needed. Wow. Wow. And that's so important. It's that extra voice, the the voice for the voiceless that these certified animal safety reps serve. And I think that's powerful. You know, when you you talk about being in, you know, in film and on these sets, it just occurred to me, Saturday Night Live is... uh, live, right? You're, you're doing yes. that live. So talk to me about how nervous were you that Hudson was supposed to do what he was supposed to do during a live take there? Oh my gosh, Robin. I called my husband from the studio and I said, if I never have to do this again, it'll be too soon. Hudson did exactly what he had to do, but the stress and because it's live, the handler cannot speak. So the dog has to go only with hand signals and there's an audience right there. And they're four feet away from the dog, but the dog has to kind of ignore them and watch you. And what Hudson had to do in this particular case was stand on his spot and bark for 45 seconds. And 45 seconds is not a long time. Mm -hmm. But when it's live and the dog has to keep barking, Hudson didn't mind. But I was, of course, counting down the seconds going, please don't stop barking. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. We were fortunate enough that his cold opening co-star was Jason Sudeikis, and he played the role of the owner of the dog, Mitt Romney. And it was fantastic because it was supposed to be that this was Mitt Romney's dog who was mad at him. So that's why he was barking at him. So he really 
fed into Hudson's energy and that allowed Hudson to watch me the way he should, mm-hmm. yet bark at Jason Sudeikis. So, but it was very, very stressful. Everybody was there and you know it's live and you know it's the cold yeah. open and everybody watches that part if they're going to watch Saturday Night Live. <laughs> you can't do a retake. <laughs> so I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. but it was, it was nerve-wracking for me. <laughs> And it wasn't nerve-wracking for Hudson because he got a lot of praise and a lot of treats after, so he was a happy camper. He loved it. He loved it. As a matter of fact, you do a rehearsal, and when we were going back to do the live show, he was dragging me into where Seth was, and he wanted to go up there and do it because he knew the consequence was praise and treats and everyone smiling and Dogs, a long time ago when I was going through the therapy dog course, they said that dogs do have a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And I think it applies to all animals. When you smile at an animal and you laugh, you can just see how they light up, Mm -hmm. which is why dogs are good therapy dogs, because when you're sad, they feed on that too. So that's what I know that Hudson and my other dogs feed on when we go on set. Because, yes, they know there's nerves, there's excitement, but they also know that it's always positive. And I always train my dogs with positive. If you don't do it right this time, it's okay. We'll do it again. It's not a big deal. So for them, it's always a positive experience. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. You know, I know that some of our listeners are wanting to ask this question. Christina, you've been in the business now. You'll be approaching 15 years as an animal trainer. Yeah. And so you've been in lots of different sets with your dogs and, and, uh, and in training environments. Have you ever, ever once witnessed animal abuse in these environments? I never have. And if I ever had, I would not be doing this anymore. I am a huge animal lover. I have had animals my entire life. Ever since I can remember, we had animals from fish to horses. I've always had animals. I've, I was always raised to be very compassionate with animals. That's how mm-hmm. my family was. That's how my husband is. Mm-hmm. And I have never, ever witnessed any sort of animal abuse or neglect on set, even with other animals, not just my own. Because obviously when I'm there, I'm watching what everybody's doing, waiting for my turn. And I have never witnessed anything. Even when you have a safety rep on, I've never witnessed a safety rep have to get upset and, you know, really make a scene, if you will. Because it's always people are cooperative. And if the safety rep says, no, we need a break, everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. That's yeah. very important for people to know. And that's one of the reasons we put together this book behind the scenes with these animal actors is to share those kinds of stories. So all of us who enjoy going to the movies and watching television with our favorite animal stars, we know that if American Humane is there, we know that things are fine. Those animals are protected and ensured a voice and that the animal trainers there who know these stars the best love them so much and take such excellent care of them. Talk a little bit about how so many animals that you see are actually from rescues, too. I know that That, that's so many stories about that. Yes, that is absolutely true. And I'm also fortunate enough that when I, my world is surrounded by dog people and the people I compete with in canine agility, many of whom also do animal acting handling, have rescue dogs. And Mm -hmm. they all agree that there is nothing better I mean, I wouldn't say there's nothing better. Every dog is special, but the rescue dogs, you're giving them a second chance at life, and especially when they're going to have a full life doing something, doing acting, doing commercials, agility. 
something. I've witnessed a lot of fantastic rescues, not only dogs, but a lot of cats. I worked with one a few weeks ago mm-hmm. that uh, was probably three or four years old, fantastic cat. And the handler of that cat showed me pictures of two kittens that she had rescued from a feed store that they were just going to kill because the cats, apparently the adult cat had passed. Feed stores normally have a lot of rodents, so the adult cats lived there. And when the adult cat passed, they didn't know what to do with these kittens. And this other handler luckily was there and rescued the cats. And now the cats are going to have also a full rewarding life of doing things because cats do enjoy it too. I've been on set with many of them. And, you know, a dog, maybe he'll wag his tail even if he's not sure. But a cat doesn't pretend. If a cat is unhappy, you can tell. Yeah, and the ones so true. I, yeah, so true. The, the ones I've seen on set, actually Hudson worked with one a few weeks ago for an Ikea commercial. That cat was the happiest thing in the world. Just walking around, purring, tails up. And it was the rescue cat I mentioned. I love that. I love that. And of course, we all know in the book is the great Mr. Jinx, the famous cat from Meet the Fockers, Robert De Niro's favorite cat star. And I just, we all love that story of Mr. Jinx. So that's another great story from the book that people can celebrate when they read uh, their copy of Animal Stars. Well, yes. Pers- and, well, tell, I'm, tell I'm us sorry, about but I wanted to tell you. Yeah, yeah I was lucky enough to meet Mr. Jinx oh, during the filming us. of one of the movies. Yes, one of the handlers there had Mr. Jinx, she just stopped by to pick up, pick Mr. Jinx up, and I was lucky enough to meet him and get my picture with him, so I I had a picture with a celebrity. (laughs) Very sweet, friendly cat. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, there's so many great stories, stories about your precious pups in this book, which I think is so wonderful. Any thoughts to our listeners about participating in the Animal Stars book project, Christina? I enjoyed it. I think it's very important and necessary to to get the word out. I think there are a lot of misconceptions about animals. Maybe 40 years ago or 50 years ago, they were trained differently. I don't know. But in the world I see and I've experienced for the past almost 15 years, I think it's important for people to understand how positive these animals' lives are, how well they're treated. And I think the Animal Stars book will finally bring that to light because unfortunately, there's not enough of that. And, you know, one of us just going out and telling people does not get the word out. I think Mm -hmm. a book with a compilation of many handlers and trainers will definitely help so people can really understand what it's like. Well, Christina, thank you so much for joining me on today's show and for offering your story for our book. (laughs) It's so wonderful. And everyone gets to read their own copy of Animal Stars. It'll be out in stores later this week. And you can be sure to visit animalstarsbook.com. Fuller full list of tour dates will be hitting a city near you. Come out and see Hudson and meet some other famous animal stars. We'll be looking for you on our national book tour. Hope everyone enjoys reading animal stars as much as we did, putting it together, writing it, and experiencing those stories on the front lines with our very special animal trainers. Happy reading, and we'll see you next week for another terrific show. Until then, let's all remember, as always, to be human. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.